Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Back to the Feature, the podcast where we talk about films while we take our shirts off and put Crisco butter all over our bodies. My name is Joseph. And I'm Edward. Let's get this motherfucker started. Edward, what's going on, buddy? Not much, not much. So I started Monday off, <clears throat> saw a movie with my dad, Chuck Norris. I didn't care to watch it, so I fell asleep. Missing in action. Pretty much it seemed like Tropic Thunder to me. Yeah. Basically, it's just a war movie, one you've seen plenty of times. What was it called again? Missing in Action. Who's in that? Chuck Norris is the only person I know. Oh, uh, and there's also a, a, a China man or Korean. I don't know what dude, he is. Dude, racist? What? What? Oriental. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's even worse. That's a rug. Uh, <laughs> an Asian guy? An Asian man. There you go. There was an Asian man, and he comes on. Did you ever see that movie where they play ping pong? Like, uh, with George Lopez? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, he's like George Lopez. Not George. He is that curly haired guy's like trainer. Oh, like he's a, a real skinny dude, right? Yeah, like yeah, an old Japanese man or yeah. Asian man. I don't know what he is, but yeah, he's in a bunch of uh, movies. Yeah, yeah, oh, he's in that too. He's like a classic working. Uh, I think he was the bad guy in um, that Kurt Russell movie, um, something in Little Tokyo, Big Trouble oh, yeah. in Little uh, Tokyo, or something. I've never like seen that. that actually. I think he could be the main bad guy. He might be. Kurt Russell, man, I love that guy. He makes good films. I just know that they have those like guys that look like Raiden. I've never seen it, but I remember seeing mm. previews. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, the next throughout the week, we we saw uh, the Fridays, next Friday, and then Friday after next. That was per my dad's request. Did you see the original Friday? We've seen it before, but you didn't watch it. No, I. He, oh, as he, I asked him, well, because I was like, Dad, what do you want to watch tonight? And he was like, What's that movie where Debo's in the back of a, a dog truck? I was like, that's Friday after next. So I turned it on. We were watching it. He basically just wants to watch it for um, the the dad. And because uh, he loves when he's like slips in the poop. Yeah. Has it on his back and all that stuff. <laughs> I don't know. We were watching it. And then like, you know, 30 minutes in, I'm on break. And uh, I look over to my dad and he's all. <clears throat> so I'm like, I nudge him. I'm like, did you want to keep watching it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like two or three times I had to wake him up. And then we saw the the next one. He was like, I want to see that one where they're like, you know, barbecue so good, slap your mama. And I was like, are you sure? And turned it on. Sure enough, same thing. I don't even think we finished it. Jesus. And then we, I just, I luckily, I think he forgot. Or we might have finished it. He wasn't digging Cat Williams? No. Oh, we didn't finish it. No, I, I just went straight to, uh, we started watching um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the 2010 one. Mm. And uh, I was thinking uh, it was going to be good because I remember seeing it in theaters and I left and I was like, I, I thought I liked it. And then I saw it again and I was like, man, this movie's a piece of shit. I was I was, I was writing a script for Nightmare on Elm Street, but then it uh, I just realized it was really like an autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I was I was watching it and it basically just looks like Freddy Krueger has like a, 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 a facelift facelift, dude, like. And his jokes weren't funny. I don't Robin know. Robin Williams in uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. It just wasn't the same, I guess. Anyways, and I don't know. It was trash. Freddy versus Jason? That was good. I was asking him, I was like, have you ever seen Freddy versus Jason? And uh, he's like, no, so we might have to watch that next week. I want to I want to circle back around to um, Friday, the Fridays. Uh-huh. So the original one, dude, I fucking love that movie. Like, it, it is so funny to me. I remember when I was like younger, I always wanted to watch it, but like my parents or whatever would never 
let me and then my uncle had it i think my uncle had the video one time mm-hmm. and i was like hey let me borrow that i tried to like put a pull a fast one on him he's like no man you can't watch that and i was like fuck so but when i did watch it i was just like this this is this is what it's about living life in that in living that hood life i don't i don't remember when i saw it but cycling around the peco street (laughs) i don't know i don't i honestly don't know when the first time i saw it it wasn't like important to me at the time no i was more of like a boys in the hood ice cube type of guy damn chill out no i'm just saying how are you boys in the hood you lived (laughs) in the rich side of the neighborhood i like to you know it was almost like documentaries you're like i connected those guys my friend busby lives on peco street across from joseph (laughs) no man that's just what i watched like boys in the hood and uh we're all living to society we're all living in tank town in the ghetto and (laughs) yeah and i was living in the suburbs edward's living that good life Mm -hmm. he's like man i relate to ice cube (laughs) (laughs) i'm like well i I don't know it's just like you know seeing stuff you don't see every day are you cuba gooding jr Mm -hmm. you walked in your house swinging at (laughs) yeah no but have you ever been stopped by the cops yeah, but I don't have like a record or nothing with them. Did they always have they? Did they ask you if you have drugs on you or anything? Nah, dude, I don't know why. Every single time I've been pulled over by the police, they are they're always like, "Do you have any drugs on you?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. Like, what the fuck? Do I look like I smoke? Do I look like I smoke marijuana cigarettes? Uh-huh. Uh No, I, I I've only had a few encounters with the police, thankfully. But every time it's like I feel like they just want to be like tough, like. Just stay in the car, sir. I'm like, all right. I'm 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 just basically like, yeah, sure. Okay. Recently, um, I got pulled over. I want to say like uh, late last year. And uh, I was just like really super respectful to the cop because mm-hmm. I was hauling ass to you. I was probably going like 15 over the speed limit and he pulled me over. And I went out of my way to like drive into like a little area. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of worried because he followed me and I was like, oh, he probably thinks I'm trying to run. But like I took an exit and then I like turned right at a light and pulled into this little area. Just to get out of the, get off the road and stuff. Yeah. But he didn't say anything, and he was just kind of like asking me questions, and he's like, "You know, you're speeding, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir." I was like, just being super respectful, and like, I guess he appreciated that. He was like, "I was having a really shitty morning, and you're being like really respectful to me, so I'm gonna go ahead and just let you off with the uh, warning. A warning." And I was just like, "Thank you, sir." Yeah. And then I even added in, I was like, "Stay safe, <laughs> stay safe on, stay safe on those streets." Oh man. But, what did he pull you over for? Uh, speeding. Oh, that's right. And I was. I, I drive. I, I really drive really fast. Like, oh, okay. I always go anywhere I go. I'm like um, the wolf in um, uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. He's like, it's 30 minutes away. And then Harvey Weinstein's like, uh, uh, excuse me, Harvey Keitel. I was like, Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> he ain't a Weinstein, I was bro. like, I didn't think he was in there. <laughs> I know a couple of Weinsteins <laughs> in real life. Oh. No, like Harvey Keitel, you know, he plays the character, mm-hmm. the wolf, and he's just like, they're like, it's 30 minutes away. He's like, I'll be there in 10. Did you ever see a movie that he's in called Bad Lieutenant? I'm sorry to cut you off. No. Dude, he like, they show him naked in that movie. My dad's the one who was like. Why dad, are you telling me that? Like, that's like the appealing aspect of <laughs> No, no, no. Because like, Hey, dude, have you seen that movie with Brad Pitt? They show his dong in it. You should check it out. No, I'm just dude, like, man. because it caught me off guard. Like, because my dad was like, hey, let's watch this movie. Have you seen it? In the terms of Smokey. Shit. <laughs> no dude but like so i didn't mean to cut you off but when you said that and i was like the wolf and i was thinking i was like oh you're talking about the same guy who's like in all those other uh quentin movies but um well you know um martin scorsese discovered him 
in uh, New York. So Scorsese uh, got his start in, um, you know, making films. I think he was also a, f- a film professor at NYU. And, but he got to start making movies in New York, and he discovered Harvey Keitel. He's one of the you know local New York actors, and he started putting him in all his movies, Mean Streets. Um, fuck, what else? I can't think of anything. But yeah, he 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 uh, he kind of gave him his start, and then uh, I feel like there's this theme where these directors they kind of like find these um, actors that they like put in like several of their movies, mm-hmm. and I feel like. I feel like uh, Martin Scorsese, because he's been making movies so long, he's gone from like Harvey Keitel to like Robert De Niro, and to now he's like, and now he's using Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, yeah, he puts okay. him in it, like almost all his lead movies. As yeah, a, he casts him in as a lead in most of his movies. I'm sure it has to do with like him being perfect for the character, but also like they just like that uh, actor. No, I'll, I'll, I love tr- Leo. It's a, it's a theme. Notice, take. Pay attention. Certain directors, like um, Tarantino, kind of does it. He uses Sam Jackson all the time. Mm-hmm. So you're always talking shit, saying that <laughs> he uses the same. He just puts the same characters in all his movies or the same actors. But they, but he does it good though. It's like they're the same people, but they're totally different from what they were before. Yeah, yeah, movie. they're playing different characters. Not like our films. <laughs> <laughs> we just change our voice. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> just throw on a different shirt. <laughs> Different shirt, different Hey, speaking way. of shirts, uh, what what is that that you're wearing? Oh, I got this from Draft House. It's a two, it's a space 2001 Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey, yeah. dude. That looks that's nice. I like that. Yeah. Well, oops. Whoa, you're right. Yeah. Wish somebody would have got me one. Uh, no, I actually won this at the Draft House. They we had a uh, Draft House has like a top brass party, and uh, this is one from New Braunfels, and it's basically like everyone who's seen like a ton of movies, they invite them to come to like a special screening. And they were, for something that was going wrong with the projection, I have no idea. And they were like, well, we're going to play trivia and the winner gets, uh, you know, a prize. I didn't think I was going to win because, I mean, you're in a room with all these people who go to the movies all the time. It's like as much as you. So anyways, they started and uh, they started asking questions and I, I didn't know the first few. Then I started guess, I started answering and I was getting them right, answering, getting them right. Next thing you know, it was over and they were like, all right, you know, we're going to give the winner, um, you know, their prize. So they came up to me and they were like, what size do you wear? So I told them they gave me like five shirts for Damn. free. I like that one though. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever worn it. 2001 A Space Odyssey, written and directed by Stanley Kubrick. One of the greatest films ever made. Starts off with a bunch of monkeys in space. No, they're not in space. It starts off with they the... are. They're just like on... It's Earth. It's like the yeah. create. It's like uh, the starting of... Uh, I guess the, the it's called the Dawn of Man or whatever. Yeah. It's with that music. Dun, dun, dun. Dude, you know, fun fact. Everyone hated... The, uh, Stanley Kubrick's movies, and now he's like one of he's like known as one of the greatest American film directors of all time. But when his movies hit theaters, nobody liked them. People were just like, because they're because they're they're different, you know. Yeah. And they're just like, I don't get this. This isn't a movie. Mm-hmm. This isn't two people sitting at a table talking. <laughs> Do a little wink there, but um, yeah, uh, they didn't like his movies, and uh, I could see why. I mean, if you watch, if you've ever seen two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, it's it's kind of weird. There's no dialogue for the first like 30 minutes of the movie because it's just like monkeys jumping around and mm-hmm. breaking bones and yeah. See, I, I, killing I remember jaguars. I tried to watch it, but I honestly have never seen the whole movie. I tried watching it and I think it was just like I don't know what's going on, so I changed the channel. Shame on you. Uh, but I mean, they sh- I've seen the previews and stuff where that guy's like by him. I guess he's by himself in space. The guy's on my shirt. That's like the middle of the second half, middle of the movie. Because it goes from the dawn, the creation of man to mm-hmm. space, basically the whole 
<clears throat> from what I understand, because like nobody really knows, it's, it's like really up for interpretation. But they find these things called the monoliths, and the mm-hmm. only and and a f- interesting fact about that, the only reason people even know that the they look like just big old giant like dominoes that are that are all black. Okay, and it's just like a big rectangular thing that they find, and uh, the monkeys find it in the beginning. And they touch it, and then I get that's from there they kind of evolve into the next phase of humanity um and then and they find it in space they find it on the moon or something like that and then they touch it and then next thing it jumps to them they're like doing like um interstellar travel you know they're doing like deep space travel okay so from what people gathered was um once they touch these monoliths oh and the only sorry to get back to that point um, the only reason even anyone even knows they're called monoliths is because it was like leaked or something. Something from the script was leaked. That's what that's what they called them in the script. But they never actually refer to them as that in the movies. Hmm. Um, fun fact. But anyways, yeah. So the premise of the film is they touch those things and then it like somehow they're like them? yeah, it's like a marker. It, it's like um, aliens put them there and they're like markers of of uh, steps to reach you know a certain. Um, um, you know, play, I don't know, place in humanity or something like that. It's hmm. like they're evolving and it's like, okay, next, next, next. Okay. And the ending's really weird because even I didn't understand it. Like, I watched the whole movie and I was just like, what did I just fucking watch? Like, mm-hmm. this is tripping me out. But basically, this guy, he finds, um, man, I don't even remember how it happens. But somehow he, like, goes through like some black hole or something and he's like traveling through this thing and there's all these like crazy lights and then he finds himself in this room and he sees like an old version of himself and he's like old and then it's really weird and then he's just living in this room and then he dies and then there's like a baby in space and that's how it ends what the hell yeah it's just really weird i I thought you were talking about that movie with matthew mcconaughey Oh no! Um, I'm sure um, Christopher Nolan took inspiration from yeah. you know, 2001: A Space Odyssey. I like that movie. Interstellar is good. Yeah, I liked it too. And um, I know why you liked it. Why? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Him and um, oh, I can't even think of her name right now. The his like co-pilot. Um, oh, um, Anne, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. I like Anne Hathaway, man. I, I do think, too. I think she's a. I think she's a great actress. Yeah, I do too. Divorce Prada. And she's cute. I think she's attractive. <clears throat> but more so, her acting's really good. Yeah. Um, oh, and then I went, to, I, I ended up going to the movies and I saw The Upside. And uh, surprisingly, I really liked it. I what is it about? It is about a guy who just got out of, I don't know if he just got out of jail, but he's supposed to be looking for jobs from his PO. His PO is like, you need to go find three jobs, look for them, and you need signatures to say that, hey, you know, he went in and tried. So he goes to like a hamburger place and he's like, look, I just need a signature. They sign it off on him. And he goes to another place where I can't remember what it was. And then he goes for this other job that's supposed to be like for a janitor position. And while this is going on, um, what's his face? Walter White, uh, Brian Cranston. He is a paraplegic and uh, he's looking for a new, I think. Christopher called, Reeves. Yeah, he's he's looking for this thing called Life Auxiliator or something. I can't, I don't, it's, not a, it's not a caretaker, something like that. And um, Nicole Kidman plays like his assistant receptionist. I don't, I'm not sure she takes care of like the day to day stuff for him. And uh, so he goes to the front office of the hotel, or, or the, like not a hotel, but he lives like in a suite. So he's like, "I'm here for the job position." Well, there was another guy looking for this job position for Brian Cranston, 
So the guy at the front desk assumed they're both going for the same job. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, it's on the you know so-and-so floor. So they go up there and he's waiting around and then finally he gets his chance to go talk. He's like, hey, I got to leave. I got to go be with my son. And he's like, I just need y'all to sign this. And this is Kevin Hart? Yeah, this is Kevin Hart. Does he do a stupid, typical Kevin Hart? No, he doesn't talk like that. No, um, I'm just here to get something signed. <laughs> yeah, no, it, honestly, it wasn't your typical, to me, it wasn't your typical Kevin Hart. He wasn't trying to be funny the whole movie. It was That's good. He was, to me, he was trying to be more serious. He, I mean, he does do some comedic stuff, but not. Now, not did like this come the, out before, after his homophobic tweets were uh, uh, before hunted down on? Uh, I mean, his homophobic tweets from no, what, 2008? Yeah, from back in the day. I don't know. What do you, do you think people should be judged by that stuff that that happened long ago? No, because I, it's it's funny that you say that because I was reading something today about that, and like I kind of had an epiphany. It's just like I don't think so because mm-hmm. people change, you know. Yeah. As human beings, as as um, well, most people, not everybody, mm-hmm. but as most people, you're gonna grow, you're gonna learn, you're gonna change. You know, uh, you become open minded to certain things. So maybe you had this mentality. Maybe he was homophobic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he his his perspective changed. You know, doesn't yeah. excuse that he said that, but he could be a different person now. I'm not, and I'm sure he is, and I'm mm-hmm. sure he's sincere. And I don't think people should be judged or held accountable for things they did in the past. Yeah. I mean, unless it's like murder or something like that. Well, I think it's, I personally think it's also because when you have more eyes on you, like let's, let's just say, you know, we blow up or we become famous and people will go back and listen to these podcasts. What are you podcasts. talking about? I already am. Well, anyways, I'm, I'm Edward, not Edward, I have 115 YouTube subscribers. Okay. I don't know if you know this. I'm kind of a big deal. Oh, sorry. Well, then they, they must know me too. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, I'm well, they saying, did, and then they were like, "Why did this guy stop appearing in his videos?" <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, everyone. I'll be back soon. So he says. You use well, you use all the mother guys. I was like, well, they'll they'll fit in my shoes. I guess not. Those two bit actors. I mean, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. But I'm just like, I I feel like you know, if we got more popular and more people listen to everything we say, someone's gonna go back and listen to. Look! Look through all our tweets or videos, mm-hmm. and be like, "Hey, look! These guys were making fun of so and so." And I don't know. I feel like when you have more eyes on you, it's 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 harder to get away with stuff. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah. I mean, you're under a you know, you 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 have this intense scrutiny. You have this eye on you all the time. You're in the public eye, and um, I don't know. It's just people take things the way they take them, and they. Uh, it's just yeah but i don't think somebody should be judged for that all right well anyway so he gets he ends up getting the job because he, brian cranston picks him and you no, know, there's a certain reason i don't want to give away the entire movie but the whole time um uh he has a son and a, like a baby i don't want to say his wife but it's basically his baby mama i will say kevin hart is a scumbag for cheating on his pregnant wife oh i didn't know about that hell yeah they had a video. Somebody secretly recorded, and one of his homeboys. They were like, they were like he was in a whole. Yeah, he was like having sex with this like prostitute in Las Vegas in a hotel room. Oh. And uh, they recorded him. I didn't know about and, that. And he was like in a room with a bunch of guys. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm okay. He apologized. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I made some bad decisions. It's just like, dude, you're a fucking scumbag. Okay, but okay, I get it. But so that's more recent. But look, okay, let's say it was me and you. Like, let's say I recorded you. Wouldn't that be sorry on my part to put it out there? Not really. I mean, you're well, doing something wrong. Unless, I mean, I was... unless I made money off of it, but I mean, I, I get it. You're being, you're still being a bad guy, but you know, being your friend and we're around each other all the time, that's pretty sorry, you know. Yeah, but the, you have to have, you have to have some kind of like, 
maybe his friend has has a different set of morals than he did, you know? And that's what friends friends need to be there to call people out on their bullshit. I get that, but I you didn't have to put it out to the media. You could have been like, "Hey man, you know, I don't know. It could have went away about Maybe it he didn't. Way. Maybe his friends. And, and honestly, look, I could be wrong about honestly, I could be wrong about this whole situation because I I think it was like a friend who recorded it and I think maybe somebody got it from that guy. Okay, I can understand. I don't that. know if his buddy went and leaked it to Yeah. to the media. I could be wrong. He may have I'm, yeah. I'm not 100% sure. This was a while back. Oh, okay. Sometime last year. Uh, that's probably why I don't remember it. Bless you, bless you. Thank you, sweet baby. So, anyways, back to the movie. So sweet he, baby, Edward. He um he he starts learning how to take care of Brian Cranston, and he realizes like what happened to him, why he's a paraplegic, and you know all the issues that come with it. Why is he? He was in a paragliding accident, and the wind took a wrong turn, and he you know crashed. But like I said, I don't want to give it all away. That's why I don't paraglide. And, um, the only thing I fly into are your DMs when I'm you. when I'm <laughs> when I'm lonely when you're lonely and I'm sending you stuff. Oh. Actually, you're the you, you slide into my Reddit DMs, but you haven't been lately. Oh, that's usually a bot. <laughs> 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 no, but um, I, dude, I have this funny story. I'm sorry to interrupt. I no, just, go ahead. I, I just have to say this. So, um, basically, somebody um, that I know had somebody that i know mm-hmm. um do i know them i don't know you know what i don't want to tell the story never oh, mind okay. <laughs> continue <laughs> see how you are now, no, now everyone's wondering what okay but I'll, I'll say it i'll say it, i'll say it it's uh without without getting too much into detail basically somebody was like uh hey can you read this for me uh-huh. it was it was like a, a message from uh on facebook and uh-huh. they're like hey can you read this message for me and it was one of those bots and it said like something like sexual it was like hey i want to you know I want to blank your blank. You uh, use your imagination and oh, fill in man. the gaps, right? Mm-hmm. But it was one of those fake sex bots, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then, like I read it, and I thought the person who told me to read it was joking, and there and um, and I was just like, I started laughing, and then mm-hmm. they were like, "No, like, what does it say? I, I want to laugh. I want to laugh." And I was just like, "Dude, it was so awkward. I didn't know what to do." So I just read it to them, mm-hmm. and they were just like, "Oh." Okay, and then I gave him the phone, and I just like walked away, and I was like, "What the? F-? How did they not know how to read it?" Ah, see, that's what that's a that's the whole thing. Like, I don't want to get oh, into that. Okay. But ba- uh, basically, they were like they had like a um, brain injury, and they were doing like physical oh, therapy and okay, stuff like okay, that. So. Okay. I got you. Yeah, this is a while back, but it was just a really like awkward, oh. awkward interaction, and it I was, was just like, it was like one of those local local girls want you. to oh now yeah it was just like a fake you know message that they slide in so it wasn't anything like bad too crazy but but it was it was it was obviously fake yeah yeah okay but i just thought that was funny i don't know why we're on the subject just sliding into dms okay sorry i keep interrupting you i'm really sorry (laughs) no it's good no so basically the movie is you know they they start becoming friends and brian cranston helps us uh helps him you know with his son and stuff because he has money but he can't do anything and so you know he, he tries to help kevin hart um uh start a company and um because the way he got money was he he's like one of those early investors mm-hmm. and he also was a person who would go to failing companies and help them thrive type of thing and that's where he got all his money and he wrote books but you know there's there's a conflict in you know in the middle of it and uh they they fight and kevin hart goes like his own way for a second and then he realizes like or the, he he gets wind that you know that guy's not doing good. He needs you back, and then you know they come back together. The only thing I will say about the movie is, um, 
One thing I don't like that movies do is when they say it's based on a true story. I like to see the real people at the end, even if it's completely different. I don't know. That's how I feel because like, you could easily put based on a true story on a scary movie and it doesn't make it real. You know what I'm saying? But they do do that shit. I know. That's what I'm saying. But I like when movies are like based on a true story and then like at the end, they'll show like a picture or, or something. You know, it, it, you, you, to me, it feels like I can relate to it more. Like, oh, okay. Those are the real guys. That's cool. But a lot of people don't want their picture up there, you know? I'm just saying. I mean, like it. If Maybe someone, it wasn't the real names or whatever. Maybe. I mean, I'm. I'm sure it wasn't nowhere near what the movie portrayed. Overall, I it was good. Like I said, I was surprised. I really liked it. I think it was good because Kevin Hart didn't have the Rock next to him. Because those movies to me are just like it's like the same movie. Walter White didn't uh, go off on Kevin Hart. Yeah, he does. Say my name. He 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 does. They they get into an argument and it's pretty good. Like, I don't know. Brian Cranston's a great actor, man. Yeah, it's, like and he didn't even move the whole time. Well, I mean, just his neck. That's all he can move, his neck. <laughs> he's like a bobblehead. <laughs> yeah. But I, I would recommend that movie. It was very good. And But no, what I was going to say, like, I, I, when I was driving over here to come talk to you, I was going to say, uh, you know, talking about The Rock, because I posted on our Facebook page that they have a Hobbs and Shaw, which is like a need for, uh, not need for speed, um, Fast and Furious it's a spinoff called Hobbs and Shaw, and it's just The Rock and Jaden Statham. And I posted on there like, oh, I'm glad The Rock took a payday from Vin Diesel, Luda, anyone who's a part of that Fast and Furious network. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. And I love The Rock. I loved him as a wrestler. I grew up watching him as a wrestler. I, didn't, I wasn't a stone cold person like everyone else. So when he became into movies, like I was all excited, but now I don't care to see his movies. You can't blame him for taking that. Taking if a what? studio studio comes to you with a script, and I get that, okay, and he takes every single script, and I get it. That's fine. Homies, he is the paid. highest. He is the highest paid actor. I will give he's him making that. that bank. But what I wanted to discuss with you real quick is he's supposed to be like the new guy. He's like the new Arnold, the new Sylvester, the new. Whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. he's that guy, mm-hmm. the new action hero. Yes. But he does not have anything that I can remember or relate to or even quote a movie from. I, he has nothing. Like I was uh, Terminator, Terminator 2, Total Recall, Kindergarten Cop, Last Action Hero. Yes, uh, I mean, yes, I can go yes. on. Conan. I mean, these are all like, these are all movies that they have some quotes or like you remember and he mm-hmm. has like. All this stuff and like The Rock, I can't think. Okay, Jumanji, I forgettable. Um, <laughs> Rampage, forgettable. Uh, the one where he's jumping on the, the from building to building, where he has one leg. I forgot all about it. And it's just like I don't know. He does a lot of movies, and yes, I mean I will say he's he's a good actor. I'm not calling him a bad actor. I'm just saying I'm just saying he doesn't do anything that's memorable for me. He's I don't I wouldn't say he's a new Arnold at all. I would just say he's a guy that's in a lot of movies. Maybe he doesn't want to be the new Arnold. Maybe he just wants to be the Rock. Oh, I get that. That's but, not him going around saying that. That's people, well, other people comparing him. And and also to that argument, it's like, well, do you really want to be known for cheesy um for cheesy catchphrases because that's a fucking joke. That, no, I'm not. That is a joke, dude. I get it, but I'm like, just Like honestly, saying, I don't want to be known. Like I don't want I don't want to be known for cheesy catchphrases <laughs> and maybe he doesn't want to either. Well, I'm just saying his movies are <clears throat> iconic. Is what I'm saying. Like Yeah, but the, dude, that's that's the writers. Like all those stupid movies, dude, where he's like, stick around, and he kills somebody, and he sticks a pipe through him, and he's like, let off some steam. 
Like, yeah, yeah I remember. I, you know why I remember all that? Because it's fucking stupid and nobody nah. says that shit in real life. Well, I, I get what you're saying. Predator, I'll... dude, he fucking stabs. He, he fucking throws a knife at a guy and sticks him to a pole and he tells him to stick around. Like, yeah. dude, that's so. You son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's. I'm just saying, like, dude, maybe The Rock's, like, purposely, like, I'm not saying that stupid shit. But, okay, so you're going to, well, he's still making stupid movies. And, I, the, and that's the writer. I don't know. I don't watch his shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch his crap. I don't watch it. Like, I mean, oh, the only thing yeah. I watch are the Fast and the Furious, and and he's, uh, whatever, you know, he's 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 he wasn't a main character, but now yeah. they're making him just because he's a big celebrity now. Yeah. Did you ever see The Scorpion King? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I I remember seeing that movie just solely because the Rock mm-hmm. was going to be in it and he shows up what like the last 5 minutes or no he's in the very beginning for what? Oh minute. yeah, but it's not even. Oh yeah, it's him and then he's like a CG scorpion towards the end. That and... was a total piece of shit. At the end, I mean, <sighs> when he came out and he was like half scorpion, half man looking beast. I was like, I can't believe I'm still in this theater. I was so disappointed, man. I mean, but I mean eventually he he started getting better roles and what not but i'm just there's he has nothing that's like i mean he can't be any worse your acting can't be any worse than brandon frazier's <laughs> oh, you think he's a bad actor no I oh okay i, I was like he's so. not bad to me just kidding i feel bad for the guy i don't i don't know what happened to his career honestly he wasn't bad i i mean but i know him from growing up also like encino man and uh, oh yeah i don't know man audiences are fickle um you know you can you can have a string of hits and then they forget about you yeah i mean you can have a string of hits and then you make one flop and then nobody wants to touch you again it's also with studios studios mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of things speaking that of in flops it. and a lot of it too is like they make a shit i'm sure the guy's rich sitting at home you know and he's just oh, like yeah for sure it's like do i really need it act mm-hmm. no i was gonna say speaking of flops during before the movie um but the rock let's get back well, hold on, on, on oh okay i'm we're, sorry we're not, sorry. We're not we're... i'm sorry jabroni <laughs> Yeah, okay. Edward, you look like you're wet. Yeah, and okay. With perspiration. When he comes, okay, when he comes back to wrestling, I mean, because I'll watch wrestling, you know, every once in a while. But when he comes back, it's almost like watching when he was, oh, when I was young, he just says the same old, you know, same old lines over and over, and people go crazy for it, whatnot. But, and, you know, as far as his movies, I just, I don't feel like he's done anything that's worthy of me talking about, to be honest. That's all I'm saying. Like, he has nothing. That's that twenty years down the road. I'm gonna be like, oh, the, man, that was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, so, for sure. I don't think he. I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, think all he, the props to him. He's making money. That's good for him. He's, maybe he, but that could be said about any any anyone though. I think so. I don't know, man. I mean, like majority actors, they at least have the ones that I like to talk about. They at least have one <clears throat> like iconic hit. Well, here's the thing with The Rock. He started off trying to do the whole action movie stuff, and he had a couple of hits like the um, the Rundown and uh, mm-hmm. and Walking um, Tall. Yeah, Walking Tall. Those are good movies. But then he wanted to like start doing more serious roles, and mm-hmm. so you remember he lost all that weight. He he lost like thirty pounds. He went from like two hundred and fifty pounds to like two hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. He was real lean, and he was because he was trying to just look like a normal person and not be a swole ass fucking beast and yeah. Just do normal, and he took like I don't know. He got he had he had like three or four flops, mm-hmm. and then and, and in my opinion, he wasted his time doing that because he could have been he could have been taking on like roles that were just like what he's doing now. And then he like I I, I don't know. I, I think he had a good team because they they got together and 
they were just like, you know what? This shit isn't working out. You mm-hmm. need to just get big again, and you need to just do action movies. Mm-hmm. And that's all he does now. I mean, he does action comedy. Cause it's, yeah. You think he's funny? Yeah, he's a funny guy. He was funny in wrestling, and I don't think he's a bad actor by any means, but he, he rebranded himself, and he, he jumped yeah. back in, and... and um, I mean, he's just taking work, dude. The guy's a beast. He, t- you know, he, he's yeah. he almost doesn't turn down. Oh, I don't know if he does turn down movies, but it seems like he doesn't really turn down anything. Mm-mm. He's like twenty million. I'll do it. Yeah. Two <laughs> million, sure, sure, whatever. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Two million for two days. Yeah, I'll be in there. I'll do a cameo. Yeah, I mean, I get and then that. he has that show now, The Titan Games. I've never. I know what you're talking about. I've never seen it. It looks basically like Ninja Warrior. Yeah, he's a, he's everywhere, dude. He's. Yeah. Um, and then I was reading that his ex-wife uh, is his manager. Mm-hmm. So him and his wife got divorced, and then they decided she they decided for her to to manage him. And that's when she kind of was like, "Look, this is where you need to take a turn in your career." Um, and they're a powerhouse. I mean, he's a powerhouse, dude. The guy makes the guy's made more money than Arnold will ever make. Well, I'll, I'll give him that. But it's but like I get what you're saying as far as legacy goes. He's not. I don't think he'll have that Arnold legacy. <clears throat> but I don't think he wants it either. So, I guess so. I mean, uh, honestly, I feel like his his legacy will, will still be wrestling. I mean, even though he's made all these movies, no, mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, like from a wrestling fan's perspective, he's gonna be like one of the biggest like wrestlers ever. I, I mean, once once he's all, I think his legacy. I'll have to disagree because I, I think his legacy will be as an entertainer. Because wrestling is entertainment. Well, yeah. And he's and he's gone from wrestling to movies to being a host. Now he hosts a TV show of whatever his little Titan Games. He created that. He hosts that. Um, I think he'll, he'll he'll go down as an entertainer. because uh, yeah. he's big. He's bigger than he's ever been now. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. I'm sure there's people that don't even know he was a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, young people. But yeah. I don't know, but that was that was my whole thing when I was coming over here. I was like, I want to talk to Joseph about that. Wanted to harp on the Rock. No, I mean I love the Rock. Trust me. I mean, like I said, I mean I grew up loving him in wrestling. It's just I, I was I was just thinking. I was like, if he's to me personally, I feel like he's supposed to be like that guy for the new generation, like yeah. in all these action movies. <clears throat> but there's nothing that's memorable for I, me. I think the wrestler who I think the the wrestler who had the best um, movie transition was The Miz. <laughs> <laughs> See how you are. For anyone who doesn't know, the Miz is a wrestler, and he just does straight to what I don't even—I won't even say straight to DVD. There's no, yeah, it's not even. It's just straight to straight VOD, to stream VOD video on demand, straight to Amazon Prime free. Oh. Uh, I don't know why I'm fucking talking shit because <laughs> we can. I'm like, I'm just fucking, I'm just here in my sorrow. What did you watch? I, I talked about everything I watched. Inside of you. Um, if anyone doesn't know, that's from, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, I watched, I really didn't watch any movies this week. I watched TV, a TV show, actually a not, not flicks, a Netflix documentary titled Murder Mountain. Mm-hmm. Doom, doom, It's really good. Um, it's about, uh, I, I was calling it Weed Mountain, mm-hmm. um, because, uh, Arissa just sent me the trailer. She's like, we should watch this and... Like, you know, when the little video, the like the thumbnail of the video oh, okay. before it plays, it's just like a weed plant. Uh-huh. I was just like, Weed Mountain? Basically, it's about, um, it's a really cool documentary, uh, TV show documentary, because the way they do it is they jump back in time. They jump 
like to 2013 then they jump to the present oh okay. so this is recent stuff not old yeah it's it's old and recent oh. um essentially uh it's a it's a place in california i think it's called humboldt humboldt county and uh this they have this mountain where people live on and it's basically they said it's like um it's like the out it's like the wild west out there because the cops don't the cops don't go out there when they do there's like armed militia that live out there mm-hmm. and like they'll they'll ride around on SUVs with guns and like they kind of do things their own way they'll, and, and a lot of people end up getting murdered and end up missing out there because a lot of people come from out of state out of country and they want to work in the weed industry because they grow weed plants over there mm-hmm. and um, so a lot of people will get taken advantage of and, and there's good people and there's bad people, but it is called murder mountain because there's a, they have like the most missing people in the United States or something like that. Wow. I could be wrong. It, all, all these stats I'm throwing out don't quote me on the shit cause I'm not a hundred percent sure on the statistics, but, um, it's a good documentary. It starts off. Um, you're following the case of this guy named Garrett Rodriguez. He was murdered. Uh, and you could already tell he's dead because they're talking about him when they talk. So when you're watching a documentary and they're talking about somebody and they just show pictures of them and stuff yeah. like that, you're just like, why isn't this guy in? Why isn't he talking? Yeah. Okay. That's just the sense I get. I'm just like, man, where's this dude at? Like, why aren't they interviewing him? Why aren't they, you know? So they start talking about his case and he went, you know, why he went up there and he went missing and and that's one case they could jump to and then they jump to the future because. I don't know if you know, um, marijuana was made, recreational marijuana was made legal in California. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people um, started, you know, wanting to grow weed and, and stuff like that. But the interesting thing that the show points out is how regulated, the the regulated marijuana system is actually hurting small farmers because they have to pay all these taxes and regulations and you have to pay for all these testing of your of your uh, crops. Mm-hmm. So it's like like you're a farmer like you have to follow all these federal uh not federal but state regulations to make sure the product is safe and it doesn't have insecticides and all this crazy stuff and you have to pay for it and you have to pay for your permit and how much you're growing and blah blah blah. Yeah. So they're saying they were saying it's like 20 to 30,000 dollars just to get started. Yeah. And now, now that it's, it's legal. And so some guy that had some old guy talking and he's like, the funny thing about that is, you know, they tried to get rid of, cause in the eighties, they try, they really tried, sorry, in the eighties, they tried to get rid of, um, you know, drugs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they were, um, they were using force. They were having like making arrests. They got really tough on crime and they were just arresting people and going in there like the army and, you know, burning weed plants and all this stuff. And, um, that you know that didn't really get you anywhere all that did was drive the price of marijuana up because it was less it was harder to get mm-hmm. so it's harder to get it's more expensive more people are going to want to sell it they'll take that risk yeah. they're like oh and i think they said it was like marijuana was like four thousand dollars a pound at the time mm-hmm. at the height of the whatever they were trying to stop weed but now it's dropped to like couple hundred bucks three four hundred bucks a pound or something like that oh okay but what so what they're saying is like um they couldn't stop marijuana by force but now it looks like now that it's legal less people are going to be able to afford to grow Mm -hmm. and afford to sell and afford to buy well they're going to buy because it's cheaper 
So I thought that was pretty interesting. Is it just one company that owns that mountain? No, there's no company. Oh, it's just people. But oh, so they're not regulated or nothing. They're just now they're trying to be regulated. Oh, okay. Like a lot of people own land on that mountain, and then they'll they'll go to the tax office and file their paperwork. And that's what the show does. It follows some people, like follows like some growers. Um, but a lot of it's shady stuff, dude. Because um, they're they're like interviewing this guy, and then these two dudes come up, and they're he's like, oh, hang on, hang on, these guys want their money, so. I don't know what they were, they were like, tr- they were trimming his weed for him and they brought, they brought it back and it was all like fucked up and dried out and yeah. stuff. So he's like, I'm not paying you for this shit. And like, you could tell like the documentary crews, like they're like by the door and they're like recording them in the reflection of the, the, the window and oh, stuff, okay. you know, cause the guy probably was like, Hey, don't record this. And they're like listening they have like their microphones and it's, it's like, he's like arguing with those guys and they threw it. Those dudes end up like throwing a rock through his window when, when they left. Uh-huh. And he's like, see, he's like, this is, this is, this is why I'm glad this is legal. He's like, this is worth paying to, cause then you actually have to like have your workers documented and you have to pay them tax, you know, they have to pay taxes and you have to have forms for your workers. Cause it's like a legal business now. Mm. So they're saying how uh, the legalization is going to get rid of the crime and it's going to make things better, but it's good. There's they're they're right now. They're in a transition period for, that industry it sounds interesting it is i'm gonna have to check it out what's it called murder mountain murder mountain Mm -hmm. on netflix yeah and they follow a bunch of um they they follow some cases you know there's a story there's like like i said there's a couple storylines that they're following they jump back and forth and um the murder one one of the guys that dude garrett rodriguez that was murdered that's a pretty interesting um uh situation because and man it kind of makes you angry at the police officers and i try not to like take a stance on these things but they interview and they interview the sheriff and stuff, but it, it just seems like the cops don't care when people go missing up there. And and the people, the townsfolk, they they reflect that sentiment uh, quite often because they even say it. They're just like, yeah, when when somebody goes missing, they don't even try to look for them. They don't care. To them, that's just another dead drug dealer. They're happy and stuff like yeah. that. And it does kind of seem that way because that guy was dead and. Everyone knew who did it because the guy who killed him was bragging about it and was bragging where he, or that he buried him in a shallow grave and his foot was sticking out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And they and the family hired a private investigator. The private investigator found all this out, mm-hmm. went to the cops with it, and they're just like, well, we can't arrest somebody on hearsay. Damn. So the cops didn't do anything about that guy. And the townsfolk did. And it's pretty cool interesting i'll have to check it out yeah it sounds like when you said that it makes me think of the movie it you know how like all these kids are disappearing people know what it is but they don't want to talk about it they're all hush hush yeah it's interesting man and it just it just seems like that's i don't know yeah the cops to me they're they're just coming up with bullshit they're just like well we can't arrest somebody on hearsay it's like well you can investigate that's what you do but the whole thing is the cops are like well we don't want to go up there because you know people don't like the law and they won't talk to cops and da, 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 da. And it's just like, I don't know. It just sounds like a, like in no other like country or places, or I don't know. I can't say country, but like no other place in the United States will you ever hear that where the law enforcement scared of a community. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just excuses to me. It yeah. makes you angry, but yeah, it takes some of those Chicago cops over there. The ones that deal with murder every night, the Chicago cop. That uh, what's it called Chirac? Oh, I don't know. I don't know nothing about that. Good Frank from uh, Shameless. Mm-hmm. Murder Mountain, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's a good documentary. Go check that out. Uh, Joseph Santa Cruz approved. And that's all you saw this week. 
that's really all I watched. Yeah, and I didn't finish the whole documentary. Um, I think I'm like five episodes deep. Oh shit! How many is there? I don't know. Oh. I really don't know to be honest. To be quite honest with you, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think that's really all I watched. I was gonna say I only want to I only want to chime on this for a little bit, but I did finish uh, you, and it ended the way I thought, but. It ended with someone I didn't expect, but I probably should have. Mm-hmm. But there's just a good little twist ending. Yeah. And so I, as soon as so on the last episode, I was like, this can only end with one way, which it did. But they flipped it on me with who they brought in. And I was like, oh wow, okay. They flipped the script. Yeah, it was pretty good. So did you like it? So overall, did yeah. You like over the show? overall, yeah, I would say check it out if, if you're into that type of stuff. Check it out. Yeah, it was. It's a good show for sure. I would watch it. Um, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm lying. I'm. Um, I I finished the first season of the show called The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. It's, it's on, on Hulu. Uh, oh, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, it's good. What's it about? It's about a female comedian. Well, okay. So she does. It, the show starts off, and it's just like it, it. It took me a while to get into it because it's like I heard it was good, and I wanted to watch it. It won like Golden Globes or whatever. Yeah, and. It's basically about this lady, um, this housewife, and it's like in the 50s, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's like shot all kind of whimsical, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you see the 50s and they're like dressed in like bright colors. Yeah. And so it's like this woman and she just has like the perfect life, you know, like she goes to bed and she goes to bed with her makeup on. Mm-hmm. And then when her husband falls asleep, she gets up and she washes her face and she like, you know, does all takes all the, her makeup off to go to bed goes to bed and then wakes up before he gets up and puts all her makeup back on so what? he never sees her without makeup yeah and that's because her mom her mom does that too oh, okay yeah that's how her mom taught her and she just has to be perfect she's always like measuring her waist and her hips and her thighs oh. and she's got it she's just keeping herself in shape and you mm-hmm. know and she's and she's real pretty and uh she's got two she's got two kids and just seems like she has this perfect life and then boom it all comes crashing down but it takes a while to get there. Okay. And I was wondering, I was like, man, where is this going? Like, because I didn't know anything about the show. I just started watching it. Mm-hmm. But that's what it's about. She, her life comes crashing down and she gets drunk and goes to like a comedy club. Uh, and she goes to a specific comedy club because her husband was, wanted to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. But he's like kind of like a stereotypical business guy. Kind of reminds me of uh, Mad Men, you know, mm-hmm. like he goes and they drink and, you know, shooting the shit with the guys and he has a secretary and stuff like that. But her life comes crashing down. She goes to the comedy club that her husband would perform at. And um, she just gets drunk and kind of gets up there and starts rambling and says all this funny shit. And everyone's like, thinks she's funny. And that's just her personality. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, she tells stories and she's really funny. And this lady that sees her there who works at the club is like, oh, you know, you got raw talent. I want to be your manager. So she's trying to convince her to like, you know, be a comedian and um it's i mean the show's funny you know they she she somehow like finds herself getting on stage like just randomly like she gets on stage at random places and goes off on like tears and it's like makes the crowd laugh so it kind of reinforces her confidence that hey you know i can do this i can be a comedian but i would assume in the 50s like women comedians weren't no yeah that's another thing they're few and far between and you know men are sexist and is, is there is there parts in the show where like guys don't want to let her go up there? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it's like super mis- misogynistic culture, okay. and these guys are like you know, like there there's a scene where these dudes, and this is in season two, and like all these comedians are um, 
just assuming she had sex with this other guy comedian who kind of helped her out mm. and they're just like oh yeah you know they're just keep making comments that she slept with them and she didn't and uh it's pretty pretty interesting but it's good because you have the comedy aspect and you have this like uh, she's struggling to you know figure herself out and she wants to pursue this uh her passion of comedy and um that's an interesting aspect i think anyone and everyone can relate to that because we all have these well at least i do you know have like a creative side of where uh, i want to you know pursue it as a career and a creative outlet Mm -hmm. but then you also have her personal life uh her personal life's kind of crumbling down around her she's navigating that trying to figure out you know how to be a mother a single mother she's got her family her family she's navigating that with her her parents and the expectations that her parents have on her and how they want her to get back with her husband and you know blah 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 because it's really that old school mentality it's just like you have to have a husband to take care of you and yeah you know and uh, she's kind of like realizing like hey this isn't how the world has to work Mm -hmm. um then you have her husband you get his point of view his life things what's going on with him he's got an interesting story you dislike the guy then you kind of sign you know with me on the show i'm like uh, up and down with the husband because i'm like Mm -hmm. oh he's a scumbag then you kind of sympathize with them then you kind of like him and um it's a good it's interesting show and it takes place in new york they all live in new york so no okay I remember going on Amazon Prime and it shows it up there and it has like, you know, the two little, what are they called? Golden Globes. Golden Globes Mm -hmm. next to it. And I was like, it must be a good show, but it just, I just didn't feel like watching it. Yeah. Like I said to you, once I started watching it, I was kind of just like, why am I watching this? Like, honestly, I took, I, I, it took me like two episodes, two or three to get into it, really get into it. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, I'm hook, line, sinker. Like I want to, I want to watch the show. Mm -hmm. I like it um what's her name that miss Swan from mad tv yeah uh, i don't know her real name but the one who talks on family guy yeah she's uh she's in it oh, okay yeah and it's funny too because she's just like this just like gross new york chick mm. and she doesn't care about her looks or anything and they're always like confusing her with the like a boy oh okay. they're like is this a boy or a girl and it's pretty funny like because everyone's like really uh Oh, like they're just like open about asking if she's a man or a woman in front of her. Oh, okay. It's pretty funny. It, it's got it, it's a funny show, and I, overall, I like it. I would recommend watching the marvelous Miss Maisel. Ding. No, but I was gonna ask you, uh, when you, when you look up new stuff, do you look for like certain uh, actors in it, or is it just like, oh, this looks good, I'll watch it? Sometimes I'm trying to get away from. I'm trying to get away from that because I don't really look for actors. I look for directors. Okay. And like, I want to watch movies that certain directors have made because I'm just like really interested in seeing what their, Mm -hmm. their voice, how they translate their thoughts onto the screen. Um, but I'm trying to get away from that. I, and I'm like, you know what? I need to be open. Because I, I honestly, I'll be the first to admit, I have a very closed mind right currently when it comes to movies. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to watch like original films that were made by, by like up and coming directors or, you know, established directors. And I want to watch their all their filmography. And I just want to see these movies that most people don't or won't watch. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I'm trying to move away from that. And I'm like, I need to just watch any and everything, whether I like it or not, See, because that's how I used to be. And I say that, but then like to this morning, uh, I went on stars and like before I had to go to work out, I was on stars and I was just looking, there's all this stuff I've never seen, never heard of. And I was just like, mm. but I saw La Bamba and to me, that's like a comfort food. So I was just like, okay, turned it on. And there I was just, I watched the whole thing, even though I've seen it multiple times. 
it i think it also has to do with like in the what mood you're in you know you have to be in a certain mood to be kind of like exploratory and be like oh, i want to watch something different i want to watch something mm-hmm. outside of my wheelhouse because i feel that same same way too sometimes i'm like in i just want to watch a movie that i've seen before that i yeah. that I, I know i'll like i'm like i know i'm gonna like this i want to watch it mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I get that because sometimes, like I said, when I see something new, I don't want any distractions. That's why I like the movies. But when I'm at home and I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on, stuff happens and it irritates me. Dude, I love going to the movies. I, I love it. That's just yeah, oh, me too. But it's like the best feeling in the world. And I think every film should be watched on a big screen. It makes a huge difference. I will say that. But like when you were telling me to watch uh, you, I, I was watching it. But yeah. I, yeah, I was watching it. But I was like. I didn't want anything to interrupt me because I didn't want to miss anything because I wanted to conversate about it with you. And like, I don't know. It's I, I, Luckily, I did. I, I watched it early in the mornings when everyone was asleep. So no one bothered me. And um, but no, like new stuff like Netflix has so much stuff. You can't even keep up now. Back in the day, it was just like what? Orange is the New Black and Making a Murderer. Those and, are like uh, their two shows. House and that's of it. Cards. Yeah. And House of Cards. And, and now it's like every day there's like something new. And it's so hard to keep up, and I don't know. Like I would love to, you know, watch, start something new, but then okay, well now there's this other stuff you gotta watch, yeah. and it's just, it's hard to keep up. I um I recently just so there's there used to be this um subscription service called Filmstruck, and I never subscribed to it. I always wanted to, and I was like, I'm gonna subscribe, I'm gonna subscribe. I never did, and um, but basically it would sh- they would show like old films, new films. Um, curated content from directors like they'd mm-hmm. be like oh, this is Richard Linklater week we're gonna stream all his movies you know they'd have but you can watch you can watch their their library but then they would all also have like featured directors and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they were in um, they were in business with this company called the Criteria Coll- Criterion Collection and they do they deal with like a lot of art house independent foreign films and stuff like that their distribution company well, Filmstruck went under um, because MGM owned it, I think, and they were gonna they're doing their own streaming service or something like that. Some company owned them, and so now the Criteria Collection uh, they're gonna give they're starting their own streaming service and they're gonna have access to like their their library of films, which is like thousands of you know art house, independent, foreign movies. And so I, when I found out, I always wanted to get this, the Filmstrip subscription, but I didn't. And so when I saw that Criteria Collection was doing one, I subscribed. And they're not going to start until April, but you can subscribe now early. You can get like an early, it's called a charter subscriber. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's just like, hey, I'm going to commit to subscribing. And you don't have to, but I did. And I put in my you know card info and they're not, they're going to give me a month free. But right now they're doing like... Um, it's it's kind of active but it's like still beta stages like they don't have access to everything but they're like we're featuring this movie and it's like i don't know i forgot what the movie they're featuring it's like mickey and something but uh i'm gonna start watching those and um yeah they have um they start in april and so i get a month free and then may they're gonna start charging me and it's only like 10 bucks a month or something like that but yeah, I really want to like watch a lot of old films, a lot of art house. Cause dude, I love Richard Linklater. Like I was gonna buy um, the Bo- the Before Sunset trilogy. Have you ever watched that? Mm-mm. The with the one with Ethan Hawke and Julie Depley, where they just like walk around and talk. No. Oh, dude, you need to watch that. Ethan Hawke. I just know him from Training Day. What else was he in? <laughs> he was oh, so he was in Boyhood. This ain't an option. Now you're gonna smoke this shit. 
dude, Ethan Hawke's been in a lot of good movies. Dead Poet Society. He was in, uh, um, um, oh, what's that one where he goes into space? Gal- Gattaca or something like that. Yeah, me. Yeah, there's this old movie. I, 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 Galactic. No, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's training to be like an astronaut because they, they just send people into space like mm-hmm. crazy or whatever. And it's like an academy. But they run your DNA and they do like, uh, yeah, they like basically they do your DNA from birth and they map out your whole life. So if you're going to have any kind of illnesses or anything, they'll know you got asthma. You can't be an astronaut. You have whatever. Okay. You can't do this. So only the elite of the elite go on to become the and, elite. Yeah. And this guy, he's like a loser or like he had to be a janitor or whatever. And then he meets this guy who, um, who was like an elite guy. And then he ends up like breaking his leg. Jude Law's in it. Jude Law's the guy. Oh, okay. He ends up like somehow he gets hurt. And so he can't do it. But then they like meet up and they switch. He decides, okay, I'll help you out. I'll let you take my identity and you can go into space. You can go and scrub toilets. Yeah. So no, no, no. The other guy just lives. Like he just oh. hides. He stays at home and, you know, never leaves the house or whatever. And it's a pretty interesting movie. It's got like Uma Thurman and some other guy. And basically uh, it just shows how like Ethan Hawke, he wasn't supposed to be able to do all these things, but he ends up being like the top of the class. And uh, it's pretty. Oh, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like you're, it shouldn't define you. Type, yeah type of thing yeah yeah like they're just saying hey you know whatever. anybody can do something mm-hmm. okay there's no the we're, we're not limited to what people say we are in in i guess in that way but well i think this is a good good stopping point mm-hmm. we're hit we're coming up on that hour any any last words yeah la bamba made me cry <laughs> like a tear down the cheek or like, yeah, like weeping or you at, at we? Uh, but no, I, I was going to tell you, I was trying to be like you and I was looking up like, okay, let me see what other movies I can see that this guy made. He just made that one movie. Oh, who who was the director? Uh, I, I, I can't remember. Um, let me look it up real quick. But yeah, and I was like, what else has this guy been in? Maybe he did do a movie called Zoot Suits. Maybe he, is or he Zoots? like a pro- producer now or anything? Uh, I have no idea. Like I, I looked at his IMDb and like the last thing was like from 1994. Like he, I think he directed like a, uh. A movie. I mean, not a movie. He directed like an episode. Hmm. That was about it. Uh, oh, I am going to watch this movie on Amazon because now it's free. It's on Amazon Prime called Unlovable. And uh, it's about this um, woman who's like a sex addict. And mm-hmm. she goes to like con- she goes to like AA for that. And she's, I don't know, it was an independent film. And it was written and directed. It was written and stars this comedian chick. And um, I don't know. How, I, I saw it somewhere on Twitter. And so now I'm going to watch it. Like it looks interesting. So I'm going to check that out while we wait for Edward to look up the director. I, I have it right here, but da, 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 at first it says directed, da, 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 and now it's trying to say that it's uh, dun, written dun, by dun, him. Is there dun, a difference? Dun, dun. He, he probably wrote and directed it. Okay, his name is uh, Luis Valdez. <laughs> or Luis Valdez. Luis Valdez, writer-director of La Bamba, starring... Isai Morales. <laughs> oh, oh, and Lou Diamond Phillips. He's in the Ozark. He got murdered. He got murked season one. Spoiler. I get, was going to say uh, Ozark, yeah. Um, He's bro- a Mexican drug guy. No, I've never seen it, but your, oh. brother, your brother told me to Season watch one's it. good. I started season two, and I was like... You didn't like it? It was okay. Your brother's the one that told me to watch it. I just He's all into it. Season two? 
No, he he just told me to watch the show. Uh, season one's good. I, I, I like it. Did. Jason Bateman, dude. Yeah, can't can't go wrong with that guy. You like him? I like the way he like delivers his dialogue. I but see, he's another one of those people that's always you know supposed to be funny, but I like him in um, normal roles. I like him when he, when he goes be, uh, other than trying to be funny. Guy. Why do you say he's supposed to be funny? Because in all his movies, he's like in comedy. Not all of it. Well, not all of it, but I'm saying like majority of them, they're like comedy movies. I I, I can see that. But him and I would say him and Steve Carell because I saw a different another movie with Steve Carell this week. I forgot to talk about. It. It's called um, Last Black Flying, written and directed called, by Richard Linklater. <laughs> no, it's called Beautiful Boy, and that's a good one. It, it's on um, it's on Amazon Prime. Also. Is that what you have me in as in your phone? Yeah, I have you, <laughs> I have you under that with hearts on it. But Beautiful Boy, just it, hearts, no eggplants. No, oh, no okay, it, not eggplant. A carrot, <laughs> a shrimp. Not even that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, and um, I, I like when when comedic people, not saying he's comedic, but you know, like Steve Carell, he's supposed to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. I like it when they take on more serious roles, and when they do it good. That's how I know that they're a good actor in my eyes. I'm like, because Steve Carell, he's in this movie called The Way Way Back, and he plays an asshole, and dude, he's so good. I don't know compared to just trying to be funny. Well, you know, the thing is, like, serious actors, they have a w- much easier time. Go, going from being a serious actor to doing comedy as opposed to being a comedic I wouldn't even say I don't even want to say comedic actor but just being an actor who stars in a comedy role and then mm-hmm. jumps into serious films when that happens it's like it's a harder transition people because people I don't know why but people are just used to seeing somebody be funny and mm-hmm. then they can't buy them being serious you know they're like when's yeah. a joke coming but when you're serious they take you, okay, this guy's a serious actor. And then when they see you going to comedy and doing jokes, they're like, oh, okay, this guy, he's like multidimensional. Well, it's really weird. I don't know why people, I don't know why that, but have you noticed that? Like you were just saying, you're like, oh, Jason Bateman's supposed to be funny. I don't think yeah. he intentionally wanted to be a comedic actor. And I don't think he is a comedic actor, but maybe that's just the roles that he gets, Yeah, you know, and you got to take a, you got to take a paycheck every now and then wow. waiting for that Hollywood paycheck to come. Justice Santa Cruz, I write, direct, act. And I uh, tag along. <laughs> no, but I was saying Jason Bateman, he, um, did you, you saw that movie, right? The Gift? Yes. Or, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. see, like that, I, I loved him in that. Who was the wife? I don't know who the wife was, but. Um, was it the chick from The Notebook? No. Okay. No, you're, you're thinking of Game Night. That's right, yeah. Another funny movie. Cool, don't, damn, dude. Well, I won't you... say funny. I, I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> I never saw it. Oh, I saw it. I think it was on HBO. Oh, you know what? A, a good comedy I watch, Blockers. I didn't see that. I with saw the one, another with great John wrestler Cena. actor, <laughs> John Cena. John Cena. Uh, <laughs> I forgot this one guy's name. He's a dude from Eastbound and Down. He plays the Russian. A Russian. <laughs> you know, what he's the Russian uh, pitcher in Eastbound and Down, season three. I can't stand that guy. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's in it. Why? I can't stand him. And there's another actor. <laughs> he's I can't hilarious, stand. dude. Oh man, there's 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 a couple of guys who are like and comedians then, and people love him. And I cannot stand. And then uh, Judd Apatow's wife, Leslie Mann, she's in it. Oh okay. Uh, it was a good movie. Did we ever talk about Blockers? I never saw it. Maybe I'll watch it so we can talk about it. Hmm. I hope we didn't talk about it on a previous podcast. Yeah, watch it, dude. So we'll talk about it. I think it was it's a good movie. I really. But wanna... that Russian guy, he was from Mad TV, right? Honestly, I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like that's where I know him from. He's if if it's the guy I'm thinking about, he's not funny to me. No. All right, guys. Well, somebody just turned the lights out on us. So we're... oh damn, <laughs> was it my uncle? 
<laughs> you ain't nothing but a ham. No. Yeah, you are. I didn't say you to go that far. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you're the one. You're the one who sent me that video you made. Oh yeah, that's, true. that's why I was singing that. All right, guys. Well, this is going to be the end of the podcast. Thanks for watching and listening. Hopefully, listening more than uh, you're watching. We're doing like little videos just for the Facebook because I think. Uh, a lot of people watch like two, three minute uh, clips of our podcast yeah. rather than listen to our whole hour long discussion <laughs> of cinema and um, actors with nice abs mm. and glutes. Glutes too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in and um, appreciate you listening. Edward, any last words? Uh, don't uh, don't forget next week we're going to go see your movie, Alita. Mm. And I also got us mm. tickets already to go see Us. Written and directed by Robert Rodriguez. See how spoiled this guy is? Written and directed by Jordan Peele, Us. This, I am uh, very spoiled. I'll buy the popcorn and I promise not to cut a hole in the bottom this time. <laughs> I have a free popcorn thing. <laughs> I'll, buy, I'll buy you a soda. Oh, wait, I you're not drink drinking soda. soda. You oh, can buy, um, I will figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure something out. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. See you next week. Later, guys.